Hello, my little darklings. Welcome to a bonus here on the Paranormal 60 podcast channel. This is the introduction to a brand new podcast from The Searchers. Joshua Purvis, Shane Pittman, and Ray Causey from Netflix hit TV series 28 Days Haunted as they investigate a story of murder, mystery, and the ultimate ghostly revenge. It's time to meet the Greenbrier Ghost in the first episode of the Paranormal Mind Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Paranormal Mind Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. And I'm Ray. And we are The Searchers. This is a Searchers podcast. And if you don't know who The Searchers are, you can go to all of our social medias and that'll be something for another day. But we have a really awesome podcast for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the Greenbrier Ghost. It's a truly fascinating and mysterious story that I think that once we dive into, it's going to be a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. Good, because this is fresh on uh, my plate, too. I have no idea what this is about, so it's well, going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be cool. So let's dive right into it, because Ray doesn't like to waste any time at all, <laughs> at all, and it doesn't want any fluff, so we're going to jump right into the podcast, all right? So you got to hear about this crazy story. It's really cool. Whenever I was researching this story, a bunch of really crazy circumstances uh, about it. So there's this ghost. It's the Greenbrier ghost. And um, it's supposedly the spirit of a woman, Elva Zona Heaster Shoe. And that's a mouthful. But she was murdered in 1897 in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. And at first they thought it was like natural causes. Her death was natural causes. But later they found out that her husband was the one who did her in. Oh, snap. So get this. The reason they were able to prove it was the victim's own mother claimed that Zona Heaster came to her. Her spirit came to her and told her that her husband murdered her. So uh, Zona's mother goes and tells her, hey, uh, goes and tells the courts, hey, this is what happened. Um, the husband did it. I imagine that's a pretty, uh, hey, a ghost told me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's exactly what happened in Salem, Massachusetts. They're in the Salem. That is true. Like, hey, they're a witch. Let's yeah. burn them. <clears throat> they came to me and told me they were working for the devil. Right. So there's a lot of circumstances. We'll get into that because there was some speculation to all of this. Right. So October 1896. Zona Heaster and everyone called her Zona. She met this blacksmith dude, Erasmus Stribling Trout Shoe. And for whatever reason, they loved having super long names. Can you, say that? Can you say that again? No. <laughs> well, for you, I will. Erasmus Stribling Trout Shoe. Made up name. Fake. Yeah, it's got to be. And they got hitched real quick. But then January 23rd, 1897, Zona was found dead. 
Now get this. They said the cause of death was childbirth. But that's not the end of the story. Zona's mother, Mary, claims she saw the daughter's ghost at her bedside. And Zona's ghost was insisting that her new hubby, Erasmus, was the one who did her in. You would, too, with a name like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did she just have a baby? Did she have a baby when Erasmus? she died? A baby Erasmus. Like if she, if her cause of death was childbirth, there's a baby, right? Um, that is something I haven't really got into. I don't know. So if you're gonna, <laughs> so if you're gonna say your wife died died during childbirth, there's got to be a baby. Yeah. And if there's no baby, it's like no face, no case. Ooh, true. Right. That's true. So Zona's mother, she goes and she goes straight to the prosecutor, John Alfred Preston. His name's a little a little bit more normal. Um, spent hours telling him the story that the daughter's ghost had revealed to her that the hubby was guilty, right? Now, we don't know if Preston actually believed her, but he was convinced to send deputies to re-interview everybody and try to get down to... What was going on? The brass tacks. Okay, so so did she just legit was like, listen, a ghost told me this. Yeah. They're like, let's open the case back. <laughs> well, you know, you know, like I said, she was adamant. Mary was adamant that this was true and there was conviction on her. So they're like, okay, well, this sounds interesting. Let's just go ahead and re-interview everybody and see what's up. People are you wild, could, You could bring legitimate evidence to the police today. Yeah, they'd be like, And nah. they would be like, nah. But, nah. but. Check this out. So uh, they re-interviewed re people connected to the case, including Dr. Knapp, which was the person who did uh, was supposed to have done the autopsy. Sounds a little sleepy. But it seems like he was feeling the heat from the locals who were all saying that Zona had been murdered. So uh, Preston himself went to speak with Dr. Knapp, who admitted that he hadn't done a complete examination of the body. All right. So that was enough for an autopsy to be ordered, and on February 22nd, 1897, Zona's body was examined in a one-room schoolhouse. So it was exhumed. They dug up the body. Classes out for the naked. So, so just for a second, though, th this is the craziest thing. Like, the person that was supposed to have done the autopsy and was supposed to have examined her kind of missed out on it. Oh, yes, just childbirth. But wow. once they dug up the body... They found some really interesting stuff. They found out that Zona's neck had been broken. Which is, how do which you is miss that? Typical during childbirth. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Broken necks everywhere. Yeah. Now, the report said that her windpipe had been crushed and that there were finger marks on her throat, indicating that she had been choked. They found that her neck had been dislocated between the first and second vertebrae and that the ligaments were torn and ruptured. Erasmus Shue was arrested and charged with the murder of his wife. God, this guy's the worst autopsy guy. Yeah. But it's 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 interesting, though, that Mary, the mother, was saying that her daughter told her this from beyond the grave and come to find out there was some legitimacy to it. I think that's crazy because, like Ray said, now <laughs> that would never fly. No, it wouldn't. And... It, it's just, it's, it's weird. People be it's like, uh, this is going to take us a lot of time, and I ain't trying to dig up anybody's. It's going to be a no. Well, and it seemed like that's what the doctor was trying to do. Like, okay, let's hurry up. Okay, it was childbirth, whatever. So you know, let's move on to the, 
to the next yeah, death, you know? Where's the baby? True. Did, and, did and they you know have what? any kids? Did he even look at her? That's what I want to know. And you know what? It, it There could be a baby involved. My bad. I've Where's the baby? I haven't really looked into that. Well, you know what? We've got some other stuff. That's, look it up. You got your the, phone. That's look the it up. episode name. Where's the baby? Oh, yeah, because these fucking long-ass names. You... <laughs> What's the name? It's, uh, z- let's see, Zona. Heast- is it Heaster? Easter? Keister. Keister? Heaster. H E A S T E R. What? Keister. Keister shoe? <laughs> yep. Elva Zona Heaster. That's such a stupid name. I'm sorry. Well, look, my last name is Pittman, so I'm not going to make any jokes about names. Would you rather have Pittman or would you rather have that name that I can't even pronounce after you just told me? Heaster sounds a little Heaster. bit better, I Yeah, think. but it kind of sounds like Keister. Yeah. I guess. You see where that would be going. I guess. But anyway, we're checking it out right now, trying to see... Keister, Keister. If there was a baby involved. Episode one, where's the baby? Where's the baby? Yeah, there you go. So if, if y'all are listening, again, this is, is our first episode of the podcast. Like, this is... The first podcast that we've done in years, like any yeah. of us, really, it, in the capacity of where we're hosting it for you guys and and all that. Um, but yeah, we're just talking. It's just us. This is we start wanted to do the podcast because we always talk and kind of yeah. kind of shoot the we shit were, with each other. Like even when we're traveling and, and going to different locations, and we thought it'd be really cool to include all of you in on in the, on this and and be a part of it. Uh, because we always say everything that we do um, is for all of you, too. Like, you're a part of the searchers, a part of all of this. Uh, whenever you are listening to the podcast and, and joining in on the conversation, um, whether it is on social media or whatever, you're a part of all of this with us. So um, just bear with us. The first episode, we're getting, all the, the getting, all, the, episode, getting all the kinks worked out. All the out. kinks worked out, but then, you know, we'll hit the ground running. Any baby? Did you find any baby Ray? I don't think baby Ray. There was a Sweet baby, baby if, Ray. I don't. I don't see a baby. So, so the the on the death certificate, it just stated childbirth. So that was a discrepancy on their part for sure. Or right. if he was just like, huh, looks like she may have been pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> okay, so let's let's jump right back into it. Let's go to the trial of Trout Shoe. Erasmus. Old Erasmus. Old Erasmus. All right. So this is where things get real interesting. What was that? (laughs) A snort? (laughs) All right. It was his water. Okay. All right. All right. So this is where it gets pretty interesting. All right. Erasmus Shue, the man accused of murdering his third wife, Zona, was held in the jail in Lewisburg while he was waiting for his trial to begin. So during this time, more and more information about Shoe's past was coming to light. So check this out. He had been married twice before. The first wife accused him of great cruelty before they got a divorce. And the second wife mm. died under mysterious circumstances less than a year after they were married. And take a guess how she died. Childbirth. Childbirth. No. Where's the baby? <laughs> no, it's even crazier than that. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? 
maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Take a guess how she died. Okay. So a brick, a brick accidentally fell and hit her head while Erasmus was doing some work. He dropped the brick. Exactly. So, (laughs) So she died under mysterious circumstances. Terrible. Yep. And this was... Less than a year after they were married. I don't feel like so, that's that mysterious. So uh, old, old Erasmus, like, it seems to me like whenever he's tired of somebody, it's time to go. Like, he's not playing around. Less than a year, and the, the second wife was gone. Cutting you out. And now he was on his third wife, Zona, and he was talking about wishing to wed seven women. He was re- telling reporters that he, he was sure he had to be let free because there was little evidence against him. Hmm. Can you believe the nerve of that guy? Like, you know, yeah, my wife's neck was broken. Yeah, there's finger marks, but there's not that much evidence against me right now. So the trial began on June 22nd, 1897, and Mary Heaster, Zona's mother, was the star witness. Now, the prosecutor (laughs) confined his question to the known facts of the case, but Shue's lawyer tried to prove Miss Heaster's unreliable by questioning her about her daughter's ghostly sightings. But the tactic backfired when Miss Heaster wouldn't budge in her account despite intense badgering. So, like, they were trying to tell her, okay, you're crazy, this was something, this was a dream, whatever, she didn't come to you, any of that. But she was adamant that, yes, my daughter visited me and told me all of this stuff. And here's where things get even more interesting. The judge found it difficult to instruct the jury to disregard the story of the ghost. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's kind of our thing, but at the same time. But this was in in the 1800s, and and yeah, there was a spiritualist movement. There was things going on during that time, and, and ghosts were accepted then. But the judge 
having a hard time having order and people were just adamant that, okay, we believe the story. That is kind of odd. Well, to be fair, like I said, that's exactly what happened in Salem. And look how that out true. of hand that got really fast whenever you start allowing spectral evidence to be admitted into a court of law. Because then it's just, you just make it up as you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really kind of leaves the door open for anything, right? Because how do you argue spectral evidence? That's Bigfoot true. was there. He saw it. Yeah, that's true. You can't prove or disprove. So you either allow it or you don't allow it, but you can't argue it. It is interesting that they were just like, well, okay, we'll listen to it. And they did find like physical evidence past that to suggest that maybe there is something going on. So that's kind of cool. But Well, and that's, that's my thing too. It's like, how could you ignore it if whenever you examine the body and you find all of this information after the fact? Like, how can you ignore that? How else would she have known that unless she was somehow involved? But or it's you, because her daughter didn't have a baby. Or so she couldn't have died in childbirth. Well, yeah, there's that. But, I mean, again, like I said, the physical evidence of it all. Hmm. Because they exhumed because of Mary. They exhumed the body because I, of Mary. Well, maybe she believed. She, of course she believed that her daughter was murdered. But, I mean, it's. Well, maybe the mother knew the past of his other wives, right. too. Oh, that's so she's true. Like, There's yeah. no way. She probably had an inkling yeah. then. So she just used a, a ghost, ghost yeah. story. Well, just to get justice for her daughter in some right. capacity, yeah. which would wild. make sense. It would make sense. So even after all of that and you know, the judge not being able to calm him down, she was found guilty of murder on July 11th and sentenced to life in prison. Now, check this out. A lynch mob... Oh boy! Here we was go. actually formed to take Shu from the jail and hang him, but the deputy sheriff disbanded the mob before any damage was done. And if y'all hear any background noise, we are actually doing this podcast in from, a bar. In a know, bar it's at in BJ's a, Billiards. BJ's Billiards in Macon. Yeah. If you're in the area, you definitely need to check it out. They've been so kind to let us set up here and and do our thing. So we really appreciate them. But if you hear any of the background noise, that's what it's from. So People. patrons. Some patrons playing some yep. pool. That's it. So, uh, where was I? Yep. The deputy sheriff, he disbanded the mob before any damage was done. The Four of the mob's organizers, though, were later faced with charges after this incident for their actions. Hmm. So, even though the mob wasn't successful in doing what they had to do, they were still charged. Seems like more justice was done back then in some capacity than there is today. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Agreed. So let's go on to like the theories and the speculation beyond all of this. No, you're good. All right. So the theories and speculation. And this one's a bit of a twist. So there's a writer and amateur historian named Katie Lyle. And she wrote a book called The Man Who Wanted Seven Wives, The Greenbrier Ghost, and the Famous Murder Mystery of 1897. Who wants seven wives, first off? I can I can't I can barely deal with one. Okay. <laughs> it would be a bad love, situation. Love my wife, don't get me wrong, but yeah, that, that's insanity. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, if I want to live a long and healthy life, yeah. That is not a good route to go. How did he not get get I have no comment on women? <laughs> That's right. And, and that is our plug to watch 28 Days on it, only on Netflix. I do not comment on women. 
Anyway, that's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> but that's funny as shit. That is funny <laughs> as shit. We're just going to bottle that one up. Yeah. So anyway, so back to Lyle, the writer and historian. She gave a dramatized account of the Greenbrier ghost. But in a 1999 issue of Wonderful West Virginia Magazine, she explained her conclusion that Zona's mother, Mary, had probably made up the story of the ghost. And we already what? speculated right. on this. Do you want? Now, Lyle came to the conclusion that she made up the story in order to make a compelling argument to open up her daughter's case. Again, Again. what we've been speculating yeah. before. Wow. So Lyle said Mary knew Shu to be clever, unprincipled, and persuasive. If he'd murdered once, he could murder again. And perhaps she feared that if no one validated her accusations, Shu would prove extremely dangerous. So pretending to receive the news directly from Zona, she could appeal to the superstitions of her mountaineer neighbors and get a lot of public attention. Which makes sense. Right. Oh, for sure. Makes sense. But here's the thing. As it turned out, Mary didn't even need the ghost story to get the job done because she was convicted strictly on earthly considerations without any unearthly ghosts. So uh, in the trial, they were trying to argue back and forth, but all the evidence that was evaluated was strictly just earthly stuff. Earthly it was evidence. Just an over the top story that got it all started. But yeah. at the end of the day, but the real evidence. But let's go back to it. Does that mean a ghost wasn't involved? I don't know. I mean, I guess it kind of is involved to some degree. Or was the ghost something that the mother made up? Maybe she did see what she thought was a ghost. Could have been like some form of a tulpa or a thought form energy. And it just validated what she already assumed and she just rolled with it. I mean, I mean by her. How many times have we seen yeah. where tulpas and, and just the energy created gives people validation and then they just roll with it. That's my thing is like by her saying it, that makes it real to a degree, right? Yeah. Well, it, it gives it a yeah. place. It gives it a time. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's all speculative, but people's experiences are people's experiences. And yeah, there's some people that, that, you know, you, you wouldn't trust their accounts as much just because, especially if you know the person, Personally, you would know how their character is. Right. But there are some people in some investigations that we've investigated where people have said, well, um, such and such came to me in a dream. On 28 Days Haunted, I had those type of dreams. Right. So whenever I'm looking at the story, I'm like, is it possible? It Could it have been a valid thing? Absolutely. Because, again whenever you don't know anything about a situation and you're having these visitations or dreams or whatever that turn out to be validated in some degree, you have to pay attention to that. I mean, I did in my case, but look at their case and we don't know all of the details because it was so long ago, Yeah. but look at, they dug her up. They saw all of this evidence right. of a murder. You know, you would think that um, even the doctor that examined or whatever would have seen that going in, but maybe they had to, maybe he found out that the neck was broken under like, yeah, but like back then the doctor was also like probably four other professions. 
That's true too. You know, he was like the town doctor and like the grocery store owner and like he's probably like a deputy sheriff. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody a man of many hats. I will put I mean doctors are like I would use the term doctor loosely. Yeah. In the eighteen eighteen ninety seven. This yeah. is thirty years post Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. For sure. So what do y'all take away from this story? Like, um, have y'all heard of other stories similar to this that kind of, you know, pop out to you? I know you the were Salem talking. Salem witch trials. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You mentioned the Salem yeah. witch trials. Um, is there any story in particular in any of those cases where it, it is similar to well, what we're hearing here? I mean, that's exactly what the original four women that were the... Afflicted during the Salem witch trials. That's what they said. They said that these women that they were accusing of being witches were coming to them in spectral form and torturing them. But that's why nobody else could see them. Only the afflicted could see them. So, or the affected. Affected. Yeah. It's only the affected, because I don't know which one it was. There's afflicted and affected. I can't yeah. remember. It just makes you, it makes you wonder, like all of these accounts and all of these different stories, it's different if they're like isolated cases, but when there's a lot of people claiming to have these experiences, yes, there could be a lot of different explanations. There could be mental illness involved and you can never discredit that, especially in our field. There, there's a lot of people that, you know, they feel genuinely that they're experiencing something, but there's other stuff going on. But I also know? I also do believe you are more likely to see a ghost back then than you are today. Oh, 100%. Because, Why do you feel that way? Because of electricity. Yeah. Because, like, the lights, the everything we do on a daily basis, the electromagnetic fields. External that, stimuli. Yeah. That, that we're constantly having to deal with. Yeah, on a all daily the electromagnetic basis. fields that yeah, electricity creates, man, it's got to be a barrier. That sitting in a bar when people are, you know, playing pool, and there's just a lot of situations now that we would have never been in back then. Right. So, so you look at it as a barrier. You don't look at it as like a conduit, as like something no, that to draw no, I, energy from. I think it. I think it pushes it away more than it draws it well, in. That's interesting. It goes back to your ability to. To sense it, right? So, like, if you're having to filter more of your surrounding out to be able to sense it, then it makes it harder to to do. Back then, when yeah, like he like he said, you know, all of this background noise, all of this stuff is virtually non-existent. Like, as you know, like today, there's always like a little bit of an electromagnetic feel to everything oh, and we're so used to it that it doesn't bother us but if we had been around in the 1800s before electricity they heard was, yeah they would have felt it and they would have heard it and it would have i mean it's that makes sense i mean there's a lot of distractions nowadays too oh, yeah, like there absolutely. could be stuff going on all yeah, around us. like you got your phone in your face and there's a ghost yeah i mean I, like, right sitting here right now my phone just vibrated there's what 15 people back there doing various different things the lights just the overall ambient noise is, is louder now. Yeah, our brains learn to filter it out, but you lose context by doing that, and you don't. I mean, think about for us. Yeah. We spent 28 days with no distractions, and look how much different it was. It changes. It's true. It changes. That's when you're sitting there with nothing but time and nothing but 
the here and now, it makes you way more alert. How many times did we hear bumps in the night that you wouldn't have heard if you had been on your phone or watching Netflix? Music playing. Yeah, music yeah. playing or something like that. I mean, so it totally, everything mindset, today, everything sure. today makes it harder to do what we do because you're always going to be distracted. I mean, it goes back to the point of when we do investigations, that's part of the reason we do them at night, right? It's because you have a lot less background noise. It's part of the reason that we turn all the lights off and turn the ACs off and all of that stuff. So you have all Think about how many cars drive by your house or yeah. how many cars drive by. You didn't, you only had like, well, probably in the 1800s, you didn't have any cars, but you had very few people, very few visitors. So when you heard a bump in the night, it couldn't have been something from down the road or something like that, or a car backfiring or something Agreed. like that. Yeah. Well, you know, we call this show The Paranormal Mind, and I think yeah. whenever our mind is somewhere else, which it is 99% of the time here in modern day, uh, when, our, when our minds are directed somewhere else or we're not collectively thinking of something, maybe a lot of them back then, what, all they did, they spent time together, they sat down together, they concentrated on the similar things they put their heads together so to speak and to come up with solutions and everything else and maybe that's the disconnect is the mind whenever it's focused on other shit you know oh absolutely nothing. think about just the stressors of everyday life now are probably tenfold twentyfold what they were back then which is weird it's really weird because you would think if they they had because to us it's like they had lack they didn't have as much as what we have now but all comes with a price buddy yeah i mean it's weird that you would think that that's the case because you would think whenever they have lack or they don't have enough according to our standards now exactly you know it's just it's a weird thing well, to think about you know nothing nothing is free so all the things you have <laughs> comes with a cost comes with a cost yeah definitely comes with a cost so we've been at this podcast for how long we're at 29 minutes all right so i think this is a perfect time to wrap the first episode of the paranormal mind up we did it guys we did it. and and josh <laughs> josh is a little uh <laughs> josh is a little finger happy with the, with uh our podcast <laughs> equipment, which is cool. You know, we're trying to work out the kinks. Like I said, it's funny. Um, I'm glad I'm doing the podcast with you guys, man. It, it's really cool that we get to get the, together get to and actually stuff. talk yeah. about it. Uh, Cause we do this whenever we're traveling all the time. Right. Uh, we're talking about, we talk about all kinds of weird stuff, um, but we're glad that you guys have joined us on this journey. I think it's really cool that we can bring you along for the ride and stay tuned for the next episode. Um, make sure you go to searchersbelieve.com. This is where you can find all of our uh, merchandise that we have, shirts and stuff like that. Uh, also, where we're going to be, uh, different events that we have coming up. You can follow me, Josh, and Ray on social media. Just look us up, Shane Pittman, Ray Causey, Josh Purvis. Or you can follow us on uh, Searchers on our Facebook and Twitter. Just type it in and you'll find us. But thank you guys so much for listening and for joining us, and we will see you on the next one.